Hey everyone, welcome to the Tulia Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Let's just have, let's have some prayer. Father God, thank you. Lord, as we look into the Word of God, Father, your hand is on us. Your hand is on our lives and our families. Father God, that the word would strengthen us and encourage us, refresh us, that we'd be ministered to uh, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Amen. Amen. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And uh, we're going to look at Psalms 91 tonight. Look into the Word of God. I want to talk to you about Psalms 91 because it is a protection and a rescue psalm. There's a lot of crazy things going on right now in the news, a lot of crazy things going on on social media and all these things stirring around uh, the coronavirus and, uh, you know, just a lot of things that have have made people unsettled. And uh, I just want to show you what God's Word says and what God has for you and for I and uh, that he's going to take care of us, and that he holds the future in his hand. Amen? I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what's going on in the future. I believe that God will use it to minister to people. I believe people will come to Christ. I believe uh, as the world is unsettled, uh, it will turn people's hearts towards the things of God. Amen? And that that God will use it for his grace and uh, for his glory. All right, so let's start in Psalms 91. I said already, this is a protection psalms. This is what the Jews believed that it was. It was a protection and a rescue psalm. And uh, when this was written, uh, they they don't know if maybe uh, Moses wrote it and David put it in the psalms. There's really not a complete uh, understanding of who wrote it. Uh, But it's about protection. It's about rescue. Verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let me read it to you again. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word there, Almighty, in Hebrew is El Shaddai. It means the all-sufficient one. It means the God who's more than enough. All right, listen to what it says. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of God who is more than enough. Okay, that's what El Shaddai is in the Hebrew. It's one of the names of God. It means God Almighty. It means the God who's more than enough. It means the all-sufficient one. Listen, whatever you need tonight, if you need peace, if you need grace, if you need healing, Uh, It doesn't matter what you need in your life, what type of protection you're looking for. God is more than enough. He's not just enough. He's more than enough. And that's who he wants to be in our life. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. Now stop right there. We're supposed to be saying something. Lots of folks are saying lots of things, aren't they? 
Yeah, you get on the news, you get on social media, lots of people have opinions, lots of people are saying lots of things. But you and I are supposed to be saying something. Listen to what he says. I will say of the Lord. What am I supposed to say? He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Listen, it doesn't matter what's going on in culture. It doesn't matter what's going on in society. It doesn't matter what's going on in my family. I'm going to say, God, I trust you. You are the all-sufficient one. You are enough for me. You're more than enough for me. I will say the Lord takes care of me. I will say I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. I will say his hand is on my life. Amen? Okay, we're all supposed to be saying something. We're not supposed to be saying fear, doubt, and unbelief. We're supposed to be saying what? We're supposed to be saying that God's my refuge, God is my fortress, and I'm going to trust in him. Listen, folks, we're going to trust in God. God's going to take care of you. Amen? God is going to take care of you. Verse 3, surely, I love that. Not maybe. Well, you know, maybe it might rain tomorrow. They're saying that it might. Man, we praise God. We want rain. We always want rain. Okay, the weatherman didn't say surely it will rain, did he? He said maybe it will rain. Amen? Okay, God doesn't use the word maybe. God does not use the word maybe. Surely. Surely he will do what? He'll deliver you. Listen, I'm delivered. You're delivered. Surely. Now that goes back to I'm supposed to be saying something. What am I supposed to be saying? Well, maybe God will take care of us. No, surely he will take care of us. It's not a maybe, it's a fact. Listen to what it says. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now that is a reference to hunting. And that's a reference to the way they would hunt birds. They would set up snares, and they would use line and nets that was invisible that the, that the bird couldn't see, and they would fly into it, and they would be caught. Okay, the fowler was the hunter. Okay, it says right here that God will deliver you and I from the snare of the fowler. Now, what does that mean? That means you're going to be delivered from the things you don't see, the things that you don't know that's coming, the things that you don't know are going on. God already knows, and God's going to deliver you and take care of you. You know, when I pray for people who are sick, I always pray that the physicians don't miss anything. Okay, when you go in for surgery, I pray, whenever I pray for people, Father, I thank you that you give the doctors wisdom, nothing goes unnoticed, nothing is missed. Have you ever seen those pictures online of doctors that did surgery on people and they left scissors inside of them? And have you ever seen those pictures online and they take an x-ray of them and, you know, there's a tinker toy in there and some Lego and, you you know, it's not that bad, but things have happened, Right. Okay, and I always pray, God, that nothing goes unnoticed, nothing is missed. Okay, that's who your heavenly Father is. Surely, not maybe, he'll deliver you from things you don't see. Listen, if you don't see it, he does. All right, I told the kids and power kids two weeks ago, God never sleeps. The Bible says he doesn't. God never sleeps or slumbers. I asked the kids, man, if y'all ever get tired, man, you know, they're like, yes. I said, have you ever been tired and cranky? Oh, yes. Has your mama ever been tired and cranky? They're like, oh, yeah. I mean, we're having revival. We're having church and power kids, man. 
And then I told him, do you know God never gets tired? God never sleeps. He's never cranky. Now, just like Kurt said earlier, let that sink in. Listen, your father is in a good mood. He's in a good mood this evening. When you go to bed tonight and you go to sleep, the Bible says you can rest in safety because he's awake. He's keeping the night watch. Now, listen, when I grew up, I grew up thinking maybe God was watching me, but he wasn't watching me for good. You know what I'm saying? Okay? When I grew up and my dad would give me a spanking, he'd take his belt off, and you could hear it pop as it went through the loops. I can hear that in my head just as clear as day when he would give me a spanking. And a lot of times I felt like God was kind of the same way. Now, listen, I never got a spanking I didn't deserve, okay? I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I was unrighteously disciplined, okay? I should have gotten a lot more than I did. But I kind of had that idea that maybe God was watching me, trying to catch me. That's not his heart. Now, don't miss this. That's not his heart. He's watching over you because you're his child. Now, I'm a grandfather. It's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me in my life. And when the granddaughters come over, we have two that are under two years old. And you got to watch them the whole time. You, I mean, you know, Vicki doesn't want me to watch them by myself. She doesn't trust me. Can you imagine that? She doesn't trust me. But it's like if they go into another room, you got to go with them into another room. You got to watch what they put in there. I mean, you got to watch them. I mean, it's not like you can get engrossed in watching football and they go do something else. You get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They get in trouble and I get in trouble. You got to keep your eye on them. Listen, God is keeping his eye on you. He knows what your fears are. He knows what your dreams are. He knows what's going on in your life. And when you go home tonight and you go to bed and you rest and it's dark and you can't see, God can see. And there's nothing going to sneak up on you. There's nothing you're going to stumble into that you didn't know was coming because it says right here, surely he'll deliver you from the snares that you don't see. I know Rusty's a hunter and Rusty understands that. You know, you set a snare, you set a trap for an animal. You bait it, and they don't know it's there. And I know some of you other men in here, maybe ladies too, know about hunting, okay? And the, God protects you from that so you don't trip and fall. Listen to the next thing it says. And from the perilous, the King James says, noisome pestilence. Pestilence, it's another word for sickness. It's another word for coronavirus, Okay, now let me just read it and say that. Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the coronavirus. He's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver me. He's protecting us. You are protected. Now in the Old Testament, you know, when Moses and Pharaoh were negotiating on getting the children of Israel released and they got down to the final plague and then God told Moses to tell the Pharaoh, you, you let my people go and if you don't, uh, the firstborn is gonna die. And then he told Moses, he instituted the Passover and they killed that spotless lamb and they took the blood from that innocent animal and they put, it, put, a, put a brush in it and they wiped it on the doorpost of the house and they were 
covered by the blood. Now, that blood was from the blood of an animal. And we know the story that when the death angel passed over, every family that had the blood on the doorpost was protected, and no one in that household died. Those that didn't have the blood, the Egyptians who didn't believe that, who didn't put the blood on their doorpost, their firstborn died. The death angel caused death except for those that had the blood. Now, listen, I know you know where I'm going. I hope you know. You've got the blood over your doorpost. Okay, you've got the blood over your children. You've got the blood over your grandchildren. And it's not the blood of an animal. It's the blood of Jesus. Okay, and it says in Hebrews that it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to forgive sin. It's impossible. The blood of Jesus has been shed, and that blood is on my heart. It's on your heart, and it's on the doorpost of your life and of your house. And when pestilence comes, you're covered in the blood. Your children are covered in the blood. Your grandchildren are covered in the blood. Amen, somebody. Okay, that's us. Now let me keep reading. It says, we're protected from pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll take refuge. Okay, obviously this is a, a bird reference. And he's talking about how a hen protects her chicks. God wants to do the same thing for you. He's going to cover you. I already said you're covered in the blood. God is going to cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll take refuge. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. Now, that's talking about a weapon. It's talking about a shield. It's talking about a buckler that holds the armor together. Okay, God is going to cover you. He's going to protect you, and he's going to be your shield, and he's going to be your buckler. Man, folks, we got it made. We're covered. Amen? We're covered. Now, listen to what it says. It says you don't have to be afraid of the terror by night. I've already covered about night. You don't have to be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Listen, nothing suddenly is going to come on you in your household because we're redeemed. We're delivered. And we have a Father that knows us and loves us. And you can walk in peace every minute of every day. You can do it tonight, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it next week. It doesn't matter what they say in the media, it doesn't matter what you hear in the news, it doesn't matter what the world is doing. Listen, the world only operates in fear. They don't know a thing about faith. We know about faith because we know a heavenly Father who loves us. And God said, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. You're not going to be struck by an arrow. Nothing's going to hit you out of left field. There won't be any destruction. Listen to what it says. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Pestilence is a reference to disease. It's a reference to plagues. It's not going to come on us. Listen, folks, you can have complete and total peace. Complete and total peace. Why? Because my heavenly Father's taking care of me. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds me. And he holds me in the palm of his hand. And the scripture says nothing can separate us from him. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Not height, not depth, nothing. Nothing. He's taking care of us. Amen? 
All right, let me keep reading. Listen to what it says. It says, a thousand will fall at your side. Verse seven, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I love that. Okay, a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. I mean, they said that, you know, several thousand people have died. They're saying more people will die. Okay, God promised in his scripture that we're covered in his grace and that a thousand will be fall at our right and 10,000 at our left, but it isn't gonna come near us. God's gonna take care of us. And you can have peace. That's good news. Listen to what it says. It won't come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Now listen, I'm not inferring that anybody that's sick or anybody that has passed away is the wicked. I'm not saying that, and that's not what that's saying. Okay, now that's talking about judgment on the wicked, but all I want you to recognize is, is God is taking care of you. I'm not passing judgment on anybody. I'm not saying that people that have, that have passed or succumbed to this disease are evil. I'm not saying that. Okay, what I am saying is God wants to protect you. God will protect you. You can trust him, and you can have peace. And you can rest in that peace for you and your family. All right, let me continue to read. <clears throat> no evil shall befall you. Let me back up to verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. And I want to show you something in verse 9. It says, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. You've made God your refuge. You have. You've made God your refuge. You've decided you're going to trust God. I mean, we're in church together on Thursday night. I love church. I love Thursday night church. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And you being here, you're saying, hey, God, I'm trusting you. Hey, God, I'm taking you as my refuge. I'm taking you as my dwelling place. I'm taking you as my fortress. And he's going to take care of you. No evil shall befall you. Now, listen, you can use that promise anywhere in your life. Anywhere in your life, when you travel, uh, you can use it in your home. You can use it in your family. It doesn't have to be just for this one specific situation. Listen, I believe this applies as everything that's going on in the world with the coronavirus, that God's promises are for you and I and that we're protected. But then you can use it in any other way or any other area that you need it. Listen to what it says. No evil will befall you. No evil will befall you. Listen, evil's not coming on me. Evil's not coming on you. you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. No plague is coming on your household or coming on your children because you're protected by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus. Amen? God's hand is on my life, and he's taking care of me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not washing my hands, right? I mean, I'm supposed to be washing my hands anyway. There's the thing called the flu. Right? And 50,000 people a year die from it. Right? So I'm not, I'm supposed to wash my hands. 
I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm doing everything I know to do in the natural. I'm doing the best I can to take care of myself. But then God's promise is, hey, Rusty, hey, no evil's going to fall on you. No plague's going to come on your dwelling. Now listen to verse 11. I love this. Uh, this is so good. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Listen, your household is surrounded by angels. Your children are surrounded by angels. Your grandchildren are surrounded. The Scripture says so. You're surrounded by the angels of God. L listen to it. For he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. All my ways. Listen, there's angels around you. Amen? Around your home, around your daughter, around your household. It's you, and when you're at your job, when she's at her job. You're surrounded. Cheeto, you're surrounded. You didn't know you were surrounded, but you're surrounded, amen? At the daycare, you need to be surrounded, amen? Come on, somebody, amen? Listen, our schools are surrounded. When our children are at school, they're surrounded. We pray over our schools all the time. Every Wednesday, we meet as a staff, and one of the things we pray over is our schools and for their safety and their protection and that God's grace is on our school system and on your children and on our grandchildren, if your kids are in college, that God's protection is around them. If they're, if they're at their jobs, that God's protection, that his angels surround them and that, and that the angels keep them in all their ways. Verse 12 says, in their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Another translation says bruise, that you won't even bruise your foot. You won't step on a stone and bruise your foot. Why? Because God's angels are bearing you up. You're being bared up and you're being protected. You should sleep like a baby tonight. Now, Kurt says that's a bad example. He says babies don't sleep. <laughs> right? He always says that, Dad, that's a terrible example. Babies don't sleep. All right? You should sleep like a 64-year-old man. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> and when my head hits that pillow, two seconds later, I'm gone. And the next thing I know, I look at the clock and the alarm says, get up. And I think, what happened? Does that happen to you, Cheeto? Does your head hit the pillow? And five minutes, does it seem like about five minutes? And that alarm, do you have an alarm? Or do you just wake up? No, yeah, no, no, you gotta have an alarm, amen? All right, what does it say? It says you won't even bruise your foot on a stone. Then verse 13, you'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you'll trample underfoot. What does that mean? That means evil's under your feet. Okay, that's a reference to evil, okay? The devil is under your feet. If you wanna tell the devil anything, write it on the bottom of your foot. Amen? Because he's under your feet. Okay, you and I are seated in heavenly places with Christ and the enemy has no power in our life or no power in our family. And it says right here that you and I will tread. What will we do? We'll walk, we'll tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Verse 14, because you have set his love upon me. I love this. Because you've set his love upon me, I will deliver him. God is saying, I'm gonna deliver you. I'm going to deliver you. Because you love me, I'm going to deliver you. Wow. That's pretty easy. Anybody in here love God? Amen. I know you do. Randy, you love God? Amen. I know you do, brother. Okay, it says right here, because you do, that he's going to deliver you. And he's, he's been delivering you, hadn't he? Amen. Come on. All right, listen to it. 
Because you've set your love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Holy mackerel. Let me go back and read that again. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He'll call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Can I just unpack that for a minute? Jeremiah 33.3, y'all know what that is? That's God's phone number, right? Jeremiah 33.3, call upon me and I will answer you. Jeremiah 33.3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not. God, that's so good. And I'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. Okay, Psalms 91 says, call on me and I'll answer you and I will be with you in trouble. And when you're in trouble, I'll deliver you and I'll honor you. Golly, that's so good. The last verse says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Bible says in Proverbs that wisdom in her right hand is long life and in her left hand is riches and honor. Wisdom. In her right hand is long life and her left hand is riches and honor. From wisdom. God says in the last verse of Psalms 91, I will give you long life. I'll satisfy you with long life. And I'll show you my salvation. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is just promise after promise after promise after promise. Okay. As we close, I just want to pray. And as I pray, I just want you to agree with me in prayer. Listen, I just want you to be encouraged. Okay, I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to let the enemy put fear on you. Let, let me pray, and as I pray, you agree with me. Father God, I want to thank you for the promises in Psalms 91 that all of them are yes and amen, and they belong to us. Father, I want to pray over our nation, God, over the world, over everything going on right now with this coronavirus. Father God, I want to pray for the scientists. I want to pray for the doctors and the people that are studying this, that are looking for a way to push it back, that are looking for a vaccine for it. Father God, give them wisdom. Give the men and women that are studying this, give them wisdom, Father, that they're able to come up with something effective. They're able to come up with something that's, that's timely and that God's your hand is on that. Father, I thank you that you're greater than any disease. Lord, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's cancer, Lord, we could name disease after disease tonight. Father, I thank you that disease is stopped in the name of Jesus. We come against the coronavirus. We come against its spread, and we pray that it's stopped and that, God, you're moving and that it's driven back in the name of Jesus. Now, Father God, I pray for the people, our friends, our family, our nation, Father God, we come against fear in Jesus' name. We come against fear in Jesus' name. Father, we're not afraid. We're not going to walk in fear. We're going to walk in wisdom. Father God, I thank you that as a nation, we would turn our hearts towards you and we'd trust you. Father God, that you would lead us, you'd guide us. Father, you give our president wisdom. You give our leaders wisdom. Lord, as the government's involved, as medical science is involved, God, that your hand is on them, that they're wise, Father. 
Father, I pray that there would be peace and unity in Washington and that the men and women we've elected could work together to fight against this. Father, I thank you that we come out the other side of this and that we would experience and see your grace and your love and your victory. And that, Father God, your hand is on us as your people. Your hand is on our nation. And that, God, you lead us and guide us. Father, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> All right. Y'all stand up. I'm so glad you were here. I love you. Y'all go and be blessed and be encouraged.